The following audio is from Christ Presbyterian Church in Nashville, Tennessee, where our mission is to follow Christ and His mission of loving people, places, and things to life. For more information about Christ Presbyterian Church, please visit ChristPres.org. Now, our friends Logan and Christy Lauder are going to read scripture for us today. Our scripture reading today is from 2 Timothy 3.10-4.8. through 4, 8. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured. Yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off in myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. This is the word of the Lord. Praise Praise be be to Christ. Christ. Amen. Praise be to Christ for his word. Cool Springs, are you ready for the gospel? Oh, come on. Let's say it louder. Are you ready for the gospel? Amen. Amen. What a blessing it is every time we get the opportunity, the privilege of hearing the gospel. Because when we hear the gospel, we hear the very word of God himself. So there is no better news that any of us can hear but the good news of the gospel. I want to thank uh, you, Cool Springs family, um, for this wonderful opportunity to share in God's word. Also, uh, Pastor Ramsey and his precious family continue to pray for his family and his precious son, Theo. Um, grateful for your prayers as we look to, uh, look to launch CPC Koinonia on November the 8th. Amen, 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 amen. So we, we really appreciate and love and thank the Lord for your partnership in the gospel and for your prayers. Also, I'm, I'm just thankful for, for those of you who may not know, we do have uh, one, of our, uh, one of our precious uh, team leaders here on today, our dear sister Leah Toussaint, who is uh, our director of ministries at Koinonia. If you have not met her, please uh, make it your business to meet her today. She's a 
wonderful and gifted sister in Christ, and um, she's already been an amazing part of our team. Let's, uh, let's do this. Uh, let's just go quickly to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll get right into the Word. Father, we are grateful for this opportunity, Lord, to share in your Word. We pray right now that you would speak, O oh Lord, into our lives, into our hearts, O oh God. Conform us after the image of your great Son, O oh Lord. We pray that this will not be mere ritual or routine, but, O oh God, we have come to have an encounter with the living and risen Christ. We pray that you would make this happen, O oh Father, uh, by your Spirit, through your Word, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, and the law of God's people say, amen. Spider-Man. Spider-Man is my favorite superhero. <clears throat> His most recent movie, Spider-Man Far From Home, featured a one-of-a-kind villain named Mysterio. Mysterio brought a, a, an especially insidious kind of chaos into Spider-Man's life by using an, a, a, an elaborate set of illusions. His name was Quentin Beck, a.k.a. Mysterio. He was an embittered, uh, he was an embittered holographic illusions specialist at Stark Industries. And he was fired uh, by Tony Stark, and he was looking for revenge. And in a plot to steal Tony Stark's fortune and his defense system, Mysterio set up a series of illusions tailor-made to play on Spider-Man's insecurities and emotional weaknesses and to make him doubt everything he had believed in order to get him out of the way. And as the Apostle Paul writes to his young protege, Timothy, his young protege in the ministry, Timothy, in today's passage, we see a very similar dynamic. He warns Timothy of illusions, those who would come like Mysterio and, and spin illusions before Timothy and before God's people. He says in verse 13, evil men and imposters will, listen, uh, proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Like Mysterio, these imposters would concoct spiritual illusions, tailor-made to exploit our weaknesses, catering to our pride, catering to our selfishness, catering to our sin and our very worst moral impulses. And to make matters worse, these illusions will look real. Paul says that these illusions would have a form of godliness. They would look good. They would look religious, but they would have no power to save. Paul reassures Timothy that the only key to his survival, the only way of escape, was through an outside intervention, through the very word of God, the infallible truth that he had already seen effective in the lives of his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice and the apostle Paul. And so it was the power of God that was the Apostle Paul's hope, and it was the power of God that was Timothy's hope, and it was the power of God that is the church's hope and our hope today. So I want to lift up just a couple of things here uh, by God's grace in the next several minutes here about, about the Word of God. First, the power of God. Repeat after me. God is able. Okay, one more time. God is able. Amen. God is able to cut through our self-delusions. God is able to cut through our self-delusions. Verse 315, from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom 
that leads to salvation. Paul uses a word dunamis, dunamis, and dunamis, dunamis means God is able. Dunamis means God has got power. Dunamis means God's omnipotent power to cut through the fog of our self-delusions. Fog lights are not like normal headlights. Anybody who knows about cars or mechanics know that fog lights are especially designed to go beneath the fog in order to expose what is actually there, in order to show us the right way to go. And the light scatters in order to, 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 to make a safe passage for our vehicle on the road. In other words, in other words, they've put enough thought and design into fog lights so that they can cut through fog and provide safe passage. And what Paul is saying here when he uses the word dunamis is he is saying God has put his omnipotent power in the Bible in such a way that it can cut through the fog of our self-delusions, the fog of our own sinful attitudes, the fog of our own sinful biases, beloved. And that's so important because as Psalm 19 says, who can discern his errors? Listen, beloved, you can't see what you can't see. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things. It's talking about your heart and my heart. The heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? God's word is saying, listen, that little thing in, in your mind a little thing in, in, in your soul, that thing is deceitful. It will trick you. And you cannot escape the delusion that your heart has created. We can't escape the delusions that we create for ourselves. I just recently saw a movie, watched a movie called The Social Dilemma, which talks in part about how social media reinforces our own sinful biases in order, listen to this, to manipulate our behavior into buying somebody's product. Why do you think they give it to you for free? Because, listen, because the, me, the social media is not the tool. You are the tool. While you think you're using it, it's actually using you. And guess what it's using? It's using our biases. It reroute, listen, nobody's, you have a distinct feed. Nobody's feed is like your feed because the algorithms behind social media, it studies your behavior and it, and it recognizes your clicks. It recognizes how long you clicked on it. It recognizes how many times you clicked on it. And it says, oh, this is what you like. We're going to give you more of this, more of this and more of this and more of this. And, and then we're going to cleverly put our product in front of you as you are having this wonderful time in your own echo chamber. We're going to manipulate your behavior using your desire to hear your own voice. See? And, and, and here's the thing. This is not a tendency that social media gave us. This is a tendency from our own hearts. We love to live in echo chambers. We love our opinions because they're ours. They're ours. And, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Although we can cultivate, listen, we can curate our own social media experience. Guess what we can't curate? We can't curate the word of God. 
Amen. The word of God is, is, listen, the word of God is true. The word of God is righteous. The word of God is holy. The word of God comes from on high. It's objective truth. It's, it's coming straight from the throne of God. And God loves you too much to let you live in a delusion of your own making. And so he gives the word of God to clear away the fog of our self-delusions. Say, 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 repeat after me. God is able. God is able. God is able to reach the simple. God is able to reach the simple. Notice what it says here in verse 316. It says, from childhood, you have known the sacred writings, the scriptures, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation. I want you to notice how Paul starts uh, uh, by talking about when Timothy was young in childhood, when Timothy was simple. When he was simple. And, and, and it suggests that, that the word of God is able, listen, to make the simple wise. That's from Psalm 19. Psalm 19. The test, listen, listen. Uh, the, the word of God is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The simple. Listen, it's amazing because scripture, in, in scripture, the Lord himself, the great omnipotent, eternal, thrice holy God has condescended to speak to you not just the truth, but the truth in a way that you can receive it. The truth in a way that you can receive it. The reformer John Calvin once said, that in the scripture, the Lord lisps to us like nurses speaking to small children. You know, I, I hope you notice what our dear sister Melanie Rayner was doing today. You know, it, I, think, I think that folks who, who I, th I think that our, our folks who teach small children are really our best theologians in the church. They really are. I'm not just saying it. I mean, I'm not just blowing smoke. They really are. Because what they are able to do, listen, is they're able to take the high things of Scripture and they are able to break them down in such a way that children can understand them, that the simple can understand them. And it takes, listen, it takes a lot of skill to do that. It takes a lot of skill to do that. Early childhood education is an entire field of discipline dedicated to making the simple wise to giving us tool to make the simple why. And, and, and you notice uh, what, what, what these precious people do that teach our children. They, they, what they first thing they do is they, they get down on the level of the child, don't they? They stoop down to the level of the child. And, and then their, their voice kind of goes up a little bit. Have you noticed that when you talk to small children, how your voice goes up a little bit? If your voice does not go up when you talk to small children, then it should, okay? Praise the Lord. <laughs> You are doing something wrong because your voice is supposed to naturally go up when you, smoke, when you talk to small children. And, 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 and they speak, in, and people who talk to small children, listen, they speak in very basic, clear ways. You, listen, you ain't never heard the call to worship like you heard it today. You ain't never understood it like you understood it today. Sister Melanie Rayner came, and she said it clearly and simply and lovingly so that everybody can understand it. And this is what the Lord has done in the Bible. The Lord has taken, listen, eternal truths 
And he has expressed them in such a way that us little finite uh, uh, human beings that, that, can't, don't, that don't know our right hand from our left, us, uh, we are just a vapor, we are just a mist, we are created from the dust of the ground, and yet the thrice holy eternal one has spoken to us his will in such a way that even we can understand it. And what a blessing that is. What amazing grace that is. That's what the Lord has done for us. The late R.C. Sproul tells the story of his own conversion in September of 1957. The Lord used Ecclesiastes 11.3, which says this, if a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it will lie. And Sproul says, I think I was the only person in all of God's uh, people that was ever converted with this passage, okay? (laughs) And this is what he says. He he says, but the author, he says, he says, the author of Ecclesiastes, the, the spirit working through the author of Ecclesiastes describes in metaphorical terms, he says, Sproul says, a tree that falls in the forest, where it falls, it stays. He says, and God awakened my soul by considering that passage, he says, as I saw myself as a tree falling, he said, I saw myself as that tree rotting and decaying. And that was a description of my life. That's where I was. He said, nobody had to tell me I was a sinner. I saw myself in that tree. I knew I was a sinner. It became abundantly clear to me. And he says, as I went into my bedroom that night, I fell to my knees And I experienced the transcendent, amazing grace of God's forgiveness. He said, I was overwhelmed by the tender mercy of God, the sweetness of his grace, and the awakening he gave me for my life. You know, it's amazing because the Lord knows how to speak to you in just such a way that you will hear it. That you will hear it. He knows how, listen, he knows how to speak right to your situation. And you'll be thinking that the preacher knew all about your life. That they must have been gossiping about me around here. How did my business get? No, 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 no. But the spirit knows what you're going through. And he has given his word in just such a way that it will reach right into your life. And then, oh, that's amazing grace. That's amazing grace. That's amazing grace. Repeat after me. God is able. God is able to point us to Jesus, to point us to Jesus. Look at what it says again from our passage. From childhood, you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom, listen to this, that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. God is able to point us to Jesus through his word. You know, in John 5, 39, Jesus said this, he he said this to the Uh, the teachers of the law. He said, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is these that testify about me. See what Jesus is saying there? He's saying, yeah, you're all in the Bible, but you you don't even know the purpose of the Bible. You don't even know the subject of the Bible. You don't even know the culmination and the end goal. You, You don't actually know what this thing is for. This thing talks about me. The whole purpose of this narrative is me. That's what Jesus is saying. The Bible is the conduit. It's amazing because Jesus is saying, you think you have life in this book. Listen, but this book won't do anything but condemn you unless you have faith in Jesus. 
You know, you can do a lot of things with a, uh, the Bible is like, essentially the Bible is kind of like an extension cord. You can do a lot of things with an extension cord. Lord have mercy. You can jump rope with an extension cord. <laughs> you can twirl it around, okay? Listen, 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 listen. The extension cord won't do what it's meant to do unless you plug it into the power source. And that's the way it is with the Bible. You can do a lot of things with the Bible. Good moral advice, advice for living. But listen, you won't come alive until you see Christ in the Bible. Until, listen, until by faith the Lord uses the Bible to pour his life and his redemptive, his, his sanctifying power into your soul through this conduit, through this extension cord. So as you come to the scriptures, you must do it by faith in Christ. The whole point of the scriptures is to point us to Jesus. Back in Grand Rapids, our family, we had um, a jigsaw puzzle phase. I don't know if y'all ever gone through this. Some of y'all may have gone through this jigsaw puzzle phase. We had a jigsaw puzzle phase in our family. Some of y'all, y'all remember that. Leah, you remember that, my sister. When somebody would just go to the Goodwill, buy a puzzle for very cheap, come home, and just spread the pieces out on the table. And as family members would walk by different times, different people would sit down and stop and work on the puzzle over time. Now, the more pieces, if you've ever done any jigsaw puzzles, the more pieces, the harder the puzzle is to figure out. I'm a person that loves 25 pieces or less. <laughs> but as you get over 25 pieces to 100 pieces to 150 pieces to 500 pieces to 1,000 pieces. I don't know why anybody would do that to themselves, but 1,000 pieces. Things get increasingly difficult to solve the jigsaw puzzle. And you can look at all those tiny little pieces that have all those disparate colors, some of them bright, some of them dark, some of them curved, some of them blocky, so all these different shapes and colors, and you wonder, what does all of this mean? And the only saving grace, the only thing that can help you is when you look at the box that tells you what the puzzle is supposed to be. And the amazing thing about the Bible is it is the box that tells you what the puzzle of life is supposed to be. We look at all of the, 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 the light pieces of light, the dark pieces of light, the curved things, the, 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 the things that come very unexpected, the things that we just can't explain. And the Bible says it's all pointing to Jesus. It's not meaningless. It's all caught up in this amazing grand plan to point us to Jesus. The scriptures, the scriptures point us to Christ. And it's amazing because, listen, beloved, you know, the scripture says this. It says, listen, it says, it says all things have been created through him and for him, Colossians 1.16. He, he is the grand portrait that all of life is moving toward. He is a great landscape. This, all, this whole thing is, is moving toward. And we see his glory and his character revealed in Scripture. Listen, you, you will never see Jesus rightly except as you see him in the Scriptures. Do you know that there were people? That you, you know, it's interesting because we think, yo, if I had been living in the Bible days, I would have believed the Lord. 
I wouldn't have been like those people that turned their back and, and, and went away when he said, you've got to eat my body and drink my blood. I wouldn't have been like that. I, I, I would have been like the crowd. I, I would have been in the inner circle. I would have really believed him. Oh, would you have? I wouldn't have been like Judas. I wouldn't have been. But you know, it's amazing because you had a whole lot of folks that, 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 that walked with Jesus and saw him in, in, with their physical eyes and ate with him and, 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 and lived day-to-day life with him that still didn't see him rightly, still didn't believe on him the way they ought to have. But the people that did were the people who first saw him in the Scriptures. You know, it's amazing because when Jesus came back from when he was raised from the dead and he met the two uh, disciples that were fleeing for their lives on the road to Emmaus, he came. Here's the resurrected Christ appearing to them. And you would think that when the resurrected Christ appeared to these two fleeing on their road to Emmaus, that he would just do something like this. I'm back. Believe on me. I'm back. But that's not what he did. That's not what he did. He, in fact, in fact, he disguised his appearance. And what did he do on, on that road to Emmaus? Listen, he had a Bible study with them. A Bible study with them. And listen, it was only, and he expounded the scriptures. And it was only as they saw him in the scriptures that they recognized who they were with. He said, didn't our hearts burn when he opened to us the scripture? Oh, that, that just thrills my soul. Because you know what it lets me know? It lets me know that you can see Jesus just as clearly as they saw Jesus. Oh, my goodness. Because as we hear his word expounded, don't our hearts burn? He's, just, he's right. He's present with us. He's speaking today. We can, we, we can see him for his glory. We can see him for his righteousness right here in the scriptures. Right here in the scriptures. So God is able to point us to Jesus. Here's my final point. First, I talked about the, the, the power of God's word. Now we're going to talk about the personal authority of God's word. The personal authority of God's word. Look at verse 16. All scripture is inspired by God. All scripture is inspired by God. The word translated inspired is Theonustos, which literally means God breathed. God breathed. I guarantee you that um, we've never paid so much attention to our breath (laughs) except in the days of COVID-19 when we are masked up and we are feeling our breath every, we are smelling our breath every day. It's just you know, everybody's afraid of breath these days. Somebody coughed the wrong way in the store, the whole store turns around. Right. This literally says God breathed. The scripture is God breathed. And I want you to notice this. I want you to notice this, that, that, that and, and you may not realize this, that in the original text, in the original Greek here, there are no tenses. There are no tenses. And, and Paul could have easily put this, you know, uh, in the past tense. You know, I think when we hear that the Bible is God-breathed, oftentimes we sort of, we sort of mentally think in the past tense. That, that, that one day, long time ago, 2,000 years ago, God breathed out this word. But that's, ex- that's, that's actually not all that the passage is conveying. 
listen, and Paul could have said it that way. He could, there, 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 are, there, are, there are words in, in the Greek language that could have, if he wanted to say uh, 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 that Scripture, all of Scripture was God-breathed, he could have said that. He could have said that. He could have said, look, this is authoritative. This was breathed out by God. But that's not what he says. He says, all Scripture, God-breathed. What does that mean? What does that mean? Well, he's telling Timothy that the very, the very book in your hands, the very book in your hands, listen to this, is the word of God for you today. It's not just that God breathed out this word a long time ago, and here's a repository, a collection of the things that God said a long time ago. Is that as you hold this word and as you look at this word, God is breathing out today his word in your life. Oh, my goodness. God is speaking to you today this word. God is, listen, listen, this is a living word. This is an active word. And we serve a living and active God who is speaking today through his word. Today through his word. And I think that makes all the difference. I think that makes all the difference for, for how we pay attention to the Bible. When you think that something is just a repository of things spoken a long time ago that might have some relevance to your life, eh, you might pay attention to it. You might not. Well, it might fit today. It might not fit today. But imagine... If the Lord Jesus Christ himself came down in bodily form and positioned himself right at your front door as you were about to go out, to your home, out of your home and pulled you aside to have a special session with you, and, and, and he spoke a word over your life every day, I guarantee you, you would stop so I hope, I hope you wouldn't just blow back by the, the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I guarantee you, you would stop. You would listen very carefully, hang on every single word. And, and as you went about your day, you would be meditating on that word because you would not doubt the relevance of that word. Because listen, it wasn't just something that God gave a long time ago. This was a rhema word. This was a word right here for me today. And, here, and this is what the Lord is saying about the Bible. He is saying that God has spoken a word for you today. You, listen, this Bible is, listen, this, this word is just as relevant as if the Lord Jesus Christ came down in bodily form, pulled over and had a special session with you and spoke a word over your life. This is God's word. Listen, it is just as relevant as that today. And it's amazing because, you know, we do blow by the Bible, don't we? We do wake up and just blow by. Well, I'll get to it later. You know, I may get yeah, yeah. But it is God's breathed out word over our life. It is relevant. It is authoritative. It's got something to say. It's life-giving. It's encouraging. And that ought to give us confidence. Confidence to read our Bible and trust it fully every single day. Pastor Tony Evans tells the story of a Navy captain that came upon a big light. He thought it was a ship coming toward him. He thought it was a ship when he saw that light. And, and he was the highest ranked officer in the U.S. Navy at this particular time. He got on his big bullhorn and he said to the ship behind the light, this is a captain. Move 10 degrees south or we are going to crash. The voice came back, I'm not moving. You move 10 degrees south so you don't crash. Captain got irritated. He said, wait a minute, don't, don't you know who I am? I am the highest ranked captain in the U.S. Navy. Move 10 degrees south 
so you, we do not crash. The voice came back again. I'm not moving. You move 10 degrees south so you don't crash. The captain got back on the speaker one final time. Did you hear me say that I am the captain of the U.S. Navy? The voice came back, yes, but I am the lighthouse. <laughs> and the word of God, beloved, is the lighthouse. The word of God is unmovable. Isaiah 48 says the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. It is authoritative in the life of God's people. It is the rock, listen, that will never be moved. It is an eternal word that comes down into our life. Listen, and it's got everything we need to it, uh, in it. It is all sufficient. I love those words by our dear brother Stuart Townend when he speaks about God's word. He says, speak, O Lord, and renew our minds. Help us grasp the heights of your plans for us. Truths unchanged from the dawn of time that will echo down through eternity. And by grace, we'll stand on your promises. And, and by faith, we'll walk as you walk with us. Speak, O Lord, till your church is built and the earth is filled with your glory. We need God's word, beloved. We need it more than we realize. It's got everything we need in it. If you need strength today, look to the word of God. Encouragement today, look to the word of God. Victory today, look to the word of God. Hope today, look to the word of God. I remember back in the day, a long time ago, previous generations in the African-American community, my mom told me, that castor oil was the one thing that seemed to, that they thought cured everything. You know? They had to cure everything. For folks that, did, that didn't have equal access to medical care and health care, you had to use what you had to use. So loving parents would come in and they would give castor oil for everything. In my generation, it was ginger ale. <laughs> ginger ale cured everything. You had a stomachache, ginger ale. Headache, Ginger ale. Broken arm, ginger ale. If you needed something, if, if, if you had an ailment, ginger ale was the all-sufficient cure for everything. And the Bible, beloved, is the all-sufficient cure for everything in the Christian life. You don't need to go and look and try to piece together the elements of your life with the combined philosophies out here in the world. God has given a sufficient word that has all you need in it. Ain't that good news? That's good news indeed. Father, we are, we are grateful today for what you have shown us, revealed to us through your word. We thank you, Father, that, that the word is, is sufficient, Lord, to heal us of our self-delusions, to heal us of our sinful attitudes and weaknesses. We thank you, O oh God, that in the word of God, we get a fresh and living word. We get, we get the very breath of God breathing life into our life, conforming us after the image of the risen Christ. We praise you and we thank you, Lord. You have been so good to us. Thank you, Lord, for speaking into our life today. Thank you for taking time out, oh God. You are running the universe and, 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 and attending to the affairs of Jupiter and Neptune. You, you, you have spun the galaxies into their, 
orbit, O oh Lord, and you are keeping them uphill. But, oh, God, you took a little time to look down here at the embassy suites and see a few of your children gathered together. And we thank you, Lord, that you have spoken to us today. We pray that, I, that we, O oh God, would believe Christ more and that we would love him more and love one another more. In Jesus' name, let all God's people say, amen.